You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, today was today was fun for everybody. Um, like I said uh, before we were recording, because this is a professional podcast and this is a completely random cold open, picked a hell of a day to start uh, you know, focusing on women's soccer. That's all I'm going to say. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. Uh, the gender equity version of the Touchline Media Group. None of us are women, but we do talk about women, which is what we're here to talk about today. Uh, I am your host, uh, Asa, aka Twiggy. I'm here with uh, our good friend, uh, Lumberjack Kevin. Are we going to go with that? Sure. Sure. Uh, he is uh, here from the, the epicenter of uh, soccer culture, Denver, Colorado. Uh, Kevin, how are you doing? Doing well. Can I, can I have an aside just quickly? Epicenter does not mean center. Epicenter means above the center. It has to do with earthquakes. I learned that uh, on a walk once because me and the people I was with were like, what's the difference between center and epicenter? And we looked it up. Uh, Anyways, this episode Google's a beautiful thing. Google's great. This episode is brought to you by the uh, Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever Blue Wire decides to put in. Um, the focus of this episode is going to be on the She Believes Cup. Um, but there were some things that happened in USSF and also on the men's team that I just want to sort of knock out quickly. Uh, let's start with the good. Um, Brandon Aronson, dude. He's great game. So that's a, that a $10 million game right there. Yeah. Uh, do you know who's, who's the most upset about that game? What's upset about that game? Leeds. Leeds United. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have my own thoughts on Leeds and like it. 
players like DK Aronson, do you want to just like absolutely like double down and like hammer on the strengths of Brendan Aronson? Cause like the system he's in right now and leads would be like a, a, a logical like extension of what he currently right. does versus I've seen the rumors. So like AC Milan, where it would almost be more of like a finishing school, similar to like what, what Weston McKinney is going through where he had all these very obviously like gifts and he's like a great competitor at Schalke. Um, but and suddenly he goes to Juventus and is like, nutmegging people and well yes and he may be the most he's not like conventionally like a number 10 but he may be the most like creative player in the u.s pool at this point just because of how he like he sees the game in like such a complete sense now and if we had eight other weston mckennies on the field like i'm convinced that like i don't know we'd be better off for it yeah, I, I think so. Um, but but speaking of like, just like talking about tens, talking about like creative players, like Aronson, there was a stat that goes around and I don't trust soccer stats ever because like ever, like the first stat I remember seeing that was like, wow, was like uh, Pele one time in a World Cup had 52 dribbles and the second place record is 29. And like someone did like a history of that and it's completely made up. Like someone, like the origin of that story is like, um, yeah, it's like some tweet was like, it seemed like he had 52 dribbles a game. And somehow that became an actual stat that people shared around. But um, the Golazo show shared this, that um, Brendan Aronson was the first U21 to create five chances in a game since Messi in 2008, which like, I, I don't, I don't know how you define chances precisely i don't know like if it's good chances whatever the fact of the matter is that anytime you're the first to do something since Messi, other than like that time that matthew hoppy happened to score 30 seconds after them like contemporaneously it's a good thing um so we're we're, we're happy for for brendan aronson uh because this is a pressure professional podcast that schedules properly uh we didn't tell co-host stumpy that we were uh recording tonight until about 30 seconds ago and because he's a gamer and a champ he is with us now stumpy how you doing i'm doing all right uh how much of this did i miss uh not not much not much we uh we have talked about exactly brendan aronson being uh better than messi yeah agreed the art <laughs> yeah the, 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 the messi <laughs> um yeah no, he it, it was it was super fun to, to watch him play it, it makes me rethink that disaster that he had playing as like a, one of our dual eights, however many months ago. Um, yeah. That was a really, really bad game. <laughs> yeah. And it does make me wonder if, if I need to reconsider the idea of you could tuck him inside if you wanted to get Pulisic on the field and Aronson and Rania. Um, I don't know, but awesome. Super fun watching him. Really, really bummed that they, that they gave away that goal pretty late to Bayern, but um yeah so so i i think the super the, fun stuff for him yeah I, i'm proud I think, of him yeah he was great um i think the thing is with with aronson and like him playing in that eight role um like i think like we've all we've talked on this podcast a lot about how like concacaf is tough but really concacaf is just dirty i think that he could play as one of those dual eights against france right because france aren't gonna bite kneecaps uh, in the way that uh, maybe El Salvador will. Um, or Dan Campbell. Or the Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going for the kneecaps. <laughs> going for the kneecaps. Um, because this is a football football mashup podcast. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so the other bit of news, that was the good news that came out of today from a, from a U.S. soccer perspective. Okay. Bad news, bad news came out today, which was uh, some tax filings. And hypothetically, if I were in the middle of a lawsuit about the manner in which the women's team was paid and the men's team was paid, I would not want the, the following headline in Forbes. U.S. women's national team coach makes 28% of what Greg Berhalter makes. That's not great. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, we're learning things on the pod. Greg Berhalter makes $1.3 million a year. So you can just sit that point. What's point two? What's point two eight times 1.3 million? It's like 350,000. It's a weird coaching date. It's if not we... even 299. <laughs> well, think about what a lot of these college coaches make in the Big Ten. And like, yes, is winning Rose Bowls and beating Ohio State fun always. But like, in the grand scheme of like world culture, it's an amateur sport in the United States. Like making or missing a world cup, you would think which carries so much more weight, maybe just because we're like weirdos on a soccer podcast in America that we think this, but you, I just feel like the guys that, that if you're like, you know, if, if making a world cup sits on your shoulders. Yeah. Um, but, uh, counterpoint, um, college football is fun as hell. And a lot of that money is uh, not going to the players. So I think, I think if, if you had money actually flowing to the people who are playing, um, there would be more, there'd be, there'd be fewer $9.5 million per year coaches in the big time. It's a very good also, point. Also, Kevin, to defend that point, uh, Greg Berhalter missed one World Cup and makes $1.3 million. Purdue missed every Big Ten championship. <laughs> every- <laughs> every playoff game so he should by like simple math deduction make more yeah i mean that's that's not a terrible point um you know greg berhalter likely will make a a world cup and he's gonna get fired if he doesn't this year um yeah jeff brom can go seven and five forever and retain his job um so you know uh although i you know i'm not talking about purdue today don't want to do it. Moving on. Um, so we're going to uh, to do something we, we haven't done yet on this podcast. And, and I, you know, we, we probably should should be better about these things. Um, but there is a like three game window for the women's national team. It's not World Cup qualifying because they just sort of auto qualify. Let's be honest. They 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 can sleepwalk through qualification because they are the best team in the world. Um Although I guess Italy tried to sleepwalk through a qualification and missed a couple World Cups there, didn't they? Um, but the women's team plays in the She Believes Cup. So the She Believes Cup, I looked into this uh, today, is pretty much like a <laughs> uh, like a, a, a holiday tournament in college basketball where you want to get like a couple of good games in the preseason um, because otherwise you're, you're just playing against Oakland uh, over and over again or the, the Oaklands of the world. So they made up, they, they made this tournament. It's like a, you, you should look at it like the, you know, the Nassau, the, the, the like the, the Nassau Invitational or the, the Phil Knight 8, 1984 thing that Michigan State just got invited to again. Um, so that is, that is sort of what we're looking at. But um, there are some, there are some fun games coming. There are some, some actual things. I think the biggest uh, thing to note for those of you who don't pay attention to, to the U.S. women's national team outside of 
when they're um, live is uh, Dennis Rodman's daughter on the roster. She will be there. Trinity Rodman is um, like not just Dennis Rodman's daughter. Uh, she's like a pretty serious prospect. She's like 20 years old. And- I think she's just, she signed, I thought like one of the biggest contracts ever in the NWSL. She's like legit, legit. Yeah, she's for real. Um, so she can, she's like, uh, she's, she's fun. And a cool thing about this particular She Believes Cup and coming off of last year's um, Olympics, the 2020 Tokyo games that were played in 2021, is that it appears that we are um, done with the golden generation of U.S. women's, or the most recent golden generation, right? Like, I guess the Mia Hamm, Brandy Chastain generation was the first one, but like the, the next generation, the Alex Morgan, Carly Lloyd, um, generation appears to be done. Megan Rapino. Um, so Hope Solo, um, she just got, she, she was asked to leave the women's national team for a while over some things that allegedly happened. Um, but she was part of that generation as well. Um, so we, we are able to sort of start up with this group, uh, fresh. Um, and, uh, and that's like a, a fun little thing here. So, um, Let's let's start with uh, with with the with the biggest thing here is that this is you know we we've sort of made some jokes about the men's team um, about like nine point windows you 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 need to win every game the actual the, like actually women's national team like needs to get a nine point window here like if we're if we're gonna be up to like standards if we're gonna be doing that thing that people on social media do about accountability like that's actually what we're doing here so um, so yeah so th- those games happen uh, this week uh, which uh, what do you what are you guys most excited about aside from learning about the women's national team live on this podcast, because again, we don't have a background in this. It's not that we don't respect the women's national team. We just aren't really aware of it. So what are you guys excited for? I mean, it's always fun. We have to kind of bleed in a new pool of players and like the conventional like pecking order and hierarchy of who like leads the team isn't really known at this point for this group. Um, I think it's, it's nice all right, so so to to compare this to like let's say we just close our eyes and like ten years from now, um, we have a new pool of players coming through the men's national team. Like I don't really have like a great feeling. Like okay, are they actually going to be world class or not? Like right now we have like this bumper crop. Whereas with like the women's side, you can almost be assured just through like the 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 mechanisms in place to develop women in athletics in America that like you're going to be just getting like top top tier stuff. And it's like just like okay, like who are going to be like the fun new pieces that continue to like be an elite women's team in the world. And you get to see that all kind of happening, you know, real time all at once in front of you. Yeah. And so, so like the, the, the younger names that we're, we're looking at here, there are a couple of names that, that should be familiar for, for, for people who have been paying attention. Um, like I, I, I'll say this, like I pay attention when they uh, are in tournaments cause they win and I am a notable bandwagon fan. Um, ask anybody about my, my view of the, the wings, the red wings. That's true. Make, make the playoffs and I'll pay attention. Otherwise, no idea. Um, but, uh, and when it's an America winning, oh, you know, it's a double win. Oh yeah. I, I watched, I watched hockey last night, um, because America was in the quarterfinals of the Olympics. So I watched it for about five minutes. They were up two one on Slovakia. Don't know if they won. I assume so, but do we, do we know that? Can we, Jamie, can you pull that up? Um, I don't think they did. Wait, they were up two one. Yeah, they're knocked out of the out of the Olympics by Slovakia after blowing a late lead. This is why you have to cheer for the the, the women's national team because that way you don't have to deal with the inevitable pain of the feet. There's a good chance they'll run 
the table whatever tournament they're in. Yes. So speaking of what I might get to root for a team that's not going to suck and actually has some idea of what they're doing. Yeah. So there, there are a couple of, um, yeah, I mean, there are a couple, I, I, my, my, uh, my internet is doing real well here. So, uh, dear listener, if, if some things cut out, I apologize. Um, this is on me. Uh, but the, uh, so there are a couple of names here. Like, like we said, there, there was a, this is a sort of a new generation, but there are a couple of names that, um, we should be familiar with, uh, Rose Lavelle has been a part of the last couple world cups and, and, um, the last couple of Olympics, um, the, uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, as well as, uh, Christy. Christy. Yeah. Yep. Mewis. Yeah. Christy Mewis and, uh, Kelly uh, O'Hara, Becky, Becky O'Hara, Yep. Be- I, I feel like if we're going to do like analogies here, like Becky Sarbron and Kelly O'Hara, I, th- I feel like are the, uh, uh, Bonucci and Cialini of women's soccer. Like they, they're center backs who are in their mid thirties and have been around forever. Uh, I just like that. So I'm on the U.S. Uh, US soccer webpage. I'm looking at the women's World Cup roster. And you can tell which ones have been on the roster since the last like World Cup probably because they didn't tell all of them to wear the same kit. So, there's, <laughs> so like the older generation is in the, the, you know, like the red, blue, checkered thing yeah. kind of thing we have. And then the newer girls are all in their whites. <laughs> And there's one girl that's clearly not in a U.S. kit. Like it's like it's like a darker blue that's probably like one of the NSWL kits that I don't uh, are not aware of. But yeah, this is really funny. Good job, U.S. Soccer. Always, always treating the women with the proper respect. Good job, y'all. Um, so the uh, the fun thing here is that um, you know, like we said, we we have Sarah Brown and O'Hara. Like that's that's the center back pairing. They I think they have a combined like. 400 caps for the national team or 350 that that number might not actually be that far off um uh yeah it's, uh yeah no it's it's three it's 347 so after this after this tournament they will be at a combined 350 um i'm not sure that christian Pulisic has played 350 games in his life the, yeah when you say like that, that that's just, that's an incredible amount of games like period that's a lot of a lot of soccer yeah that's a lot of soccer just to be played let alone right. have been played next to the same woman like yeah well, and for your national team it's yeah and, and for very com- in a competitive national team too right well like, i was gonna say it's also the women so like they don't have like i think now they're starting to get up to the same season length as the men but like for a while their club season lengths were like yeah like 15, 16 games yeah 16 games so like that is a lot of soccer. Yeah. So um, that's that's a lot. Uh, but th- so so like I said, the, the the other name that you might remember is Mallory Pugh. Mallory Pugh in the last, it was either the Olympics or the last World Cup. Um, she was like sort of like next. Like they they were they were talking about her as of like okay, like she's the one who's going to to be the next Carly Lloyd or or Alex Morgan um, or Megan Rapinoe. She plays as an attacker. Um, and so, so she's sort of like, you can, you can expect her to do a lot of stuff. She already has 18 goals for the national team. She's 23. Um, that's pretty impressive. Um, Colorado native. Colorado native. Uh, plays the, for the, at the center of, of soccer. As I said, um, she plays for the Chicago Red Stars. And again, like we've talked a lot on this podcast, how we don't take, like talk about things seriously. 
um, because there are better podcasts that do, but like maybe look into the Chicago Red Stars. They're going through some shit. The Portland Thorns also going mm-hmm. through some shit. Um, like Portland in general, and then the the Timbers are having an issue right now with Andy Polo. It's yeah. not not great. It's not great. Nope. Uh, Timbers might need to look into uh, finding some new management. Uh, mm-hmm. Washington Spirit just had to go through that. That actually, I don't know if you guys saw the, the like the way that that worked, but um, a woman just like her her name's I think I think Mallory Kang or Michelle Kang. Um, she just like straight up hostile takeover of the Washington Spirit. Like it was it was phenomenal work um, because like everybody like wanted her to do it, but like it was like straight out of the eighties, like corporate rating. Like very sl- like very very slowly um, like got the thirty three percent she needed to get a vote of no confidence. It was it was phenomenal legal work uh, by her and whoever her people are. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I'm mad. I'm just impressed. <laughs> yeah, like uh, good work. Um, so the the games that we're playing here um, are are like uh, they're they're conceptually difficult um, in the way that like it doesn't really matter if you win or lose beyond like the, the stuff, right. Like the narrative around it and the U S women's national team, like, because they are constantly undervalued by U S soccer and honestly, the, the wider American sporting public, um, like they just like constantly need to dominate people. Cause it's one of those things where it's like, um, if you, if you win, you don't really get talked about, but if you lose, it's a story. Um, like how UConn women's basketball was for a while. Like we didn't appreciate them or, or Tennessee women's basketball. Like we didn't appreciate like the level of dominance because the only time you heard about it was like, oh, they went 37 and one. Is this a, a, like a team we're talking about? It's like, yeah, that's really hard in any sport um, ever. So uh, like I said, like nine point window, is sort of the, the expectation. Game one is 11 p.m. Eastern uh, on Thursday night. Uh, good news about that. It's on ESPN, which zero exactly zero us men's world cup qualifiers has been on espn prime um so you know well one of these teams is worth watching in its entirety one of these teams you can you know quickly watch the watch the uh highlights for and then be over with uh yeah i mean like one of these teams like pull put put forth the so the jogo bonito and the other one you're like please get a set piece goal, Walker Zimmerman, so that we can get three points and go away. <laughs> Just don't make me sadder than I already am. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's really, it's funny. Like, I think, I think Stumpy, you, you were the one mentioning it. It's like, it's weird to watch a national team that is good. And like, like we, we obviously talk about the men a ton. Um, we talk about their talent level and how they should be good, but they're not. And like, like we go into games and we're just like, please pull this out. <laughs> Like this game that you need to win, please just like don't humiliate us on the world stage. Uh, and the women, it's like uh, maybe score ten, maybe like stunt on England and, and 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 dance on their graves. The swag of the women's team is infinitely exceeding uh, the men's team, and the men's well, team yeah, has got their swagger up. Yeah, you you got you are like the best team in the world. Like, there's no reason to not be swaggy. Yeah, I mean, like let's let's look back. Like, think about the fight that would have happened. If Alex Morgan did that, but it was the English men's team and it was like Christian Pulisic. If he scored on the English national team in the World Cup, stopped, and then sipped tea, there there would be a riot and he would be sold from Chelsea that day. <laughs> well, yeah, but he he also plays in uh Chelsea, so that would that's a little bit worse. Uh but Alex or even Morgan like played for Tottenham. 
Oh yeah, good point. <laughs> I mean, granted, it's still Tottenham, but um... <laughs> Tottenham's used to getting stunted on. <laughs> but like that was that was that's honestly like that's if if you're a part of the English women's national team setup, you got to fight her. Like if she's gonna dance on you like that, you got to fight. Like there are rules about like national dignity and so on and so forth because you're obviously not going to stop her from scoring right like that was like the whole miami football thing like if you don't want us to dance don't let us score right Um, yeah but like the other option there is to fight and i i feel like if you're england like you gotta you're not gonna stop her from 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 scoring so it's actually a little known uh you know fact that in the english both men and women's national team contracts there's a clause that says if anybody insults tea in front of your face you have to immediately fight them yeah i mean shoot the last time we they call it the boston tea clause excellent excellent work excellent work i was gonna say the last time we disrespected tea we got a country out of it so also a war also a war uh, that uh, we won because America has never lost a war. We've tied a couple times, but we've never lost. Shout out Red Foreman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so uh, speaking of things that uh, tie the podcast together, uh, this sponsor is very important. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I've, I've, I've been on a run that I, I felt okay with um, and, and tying it together using a, a Lebowski joke. Um, B plus. I'm going to give myself a B plus there. That's too high. Yeah. Um, but how about, but, but I'll tell you what's going to get an A plus. What we check out right now, U.S. Women's National Team's first game, Czech Republic. Was that, was that an A? That was so much worse. <laughs> that was so forced. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That um, size says it all. Yeah. So <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna play a game here because obviously we know nothing about the Czech Republic. We're we're in this game, we're going to be preview, previewing the first two games. Um the first Excuse game is you speak for yourself. You know much about the Czech Republic? Uh the Czech Republic or the Czech Republic women's national football team? The latter. No. Okay. So beyond our vague knowledge of Kafka's time in Prague, uh, what what we're going to learn about the Czech Republic right now is we are going to assess them based on their club team because that's the information we have. So uh, their goalkeepers, I'm, I'm going to give you the, the, the teams and you're going to say based on if these were the keepers that we were facing uh, in, the, in the men's setup, how confident would you be one to 10? Okay. The keepers uh, on the Czech women's national team are from Slavia Prague, Sparta Prague, and Paris Saint-Germain. 
Does the Paris Saint Germain woman not start? Uh, she has. She's she's number one, so I assume she's probably the starter. And I would assume that she's a very good goalie. Yeah. <laughs> didn't yeah. didn't PSG just win the women's Champions League last year? Yeah, Lyon yeah. had won for like fifteen years in a row, and PSG um, decided that they were going to be good at all soccer mm-hmm. uh, and and took care of business. <laughs> I was going to say the men's equivalent would be having to play uh, face Donnarumma. Or Navas, which we occasionally have to deal with. Either way, really good goalie. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. It was right there, too. <laughs> uh, the defenders all play for either Sparta Prague or Slavia Prague. Um, so that's generally a like, uh, Europa League level team. I don't even know if it's that high. Um so, so defense, we're going to, we're going to put it like about Jamaica level, um, which is like USL, uh, level for, for our purposes here, because we don't really know that much about Sparta Prague or Slavia Prague. Um, the midfielders, we have, uh, Sevilla. Oh, I'm I, here. I'm going to tell you who, who they play for. If it's not in Prague specifically, um, Sevilla, uh, Sassuolo, um, North Carolina state. What? North Carolina. Yep. North, North Carolina State. Uh, go Wolfpack. Uh, and West Ham United. So I feel like the most, the scariest one there is the NC State one. Because like, yeah. there's, there's something about that I'm very uncomfortable with. Like the rest of these are professionals. And it's like, you're bringing up uh, a woman who's in college right now. She is terrifying. Hey, the last time the men's national team had a college player in their starting lineup, his name was Jordan Morris from Stanford. And he scored two goals or whatever it was against Mexico or a game winner against Mexico. That's so true. You know, people forget that. That is people, a thing. That that's happens. right. We, we haven't thought enough about who's playing in the college on the men's side of who should be in the pool. I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to write a blog post on that. Uh, and, and that blog <laughs> gets super into college soccer. <laughs> Uh, that blog post uh, presumably will be posted on our Instagram uh, because I assume they're equally as likely to exist. <laughs> uh, and then uh, number nine for uh, the Czech team plays for Juventus. So yeah, that's a scary one. That's a scary yeah. one. That's actually a pretty, I mean, I understand that the women's league aren't as prolificated as the men. So there's, you know, more talent to concentrate in the higher leagues, but does the Czech men's team have, you know, what we say, two EPL teams. Uh, there, there was uh, uh, EPL, two Syria, um, a PSG, and an and, uh, and a La Liga, Sevilla. and a La Liga, Sevilla. Yep, that's a pretty good like off-brand European club. Oh yeah, off-brand Euro- European country. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like if if you if you if you threw that out there in Concacaf, you're you're gonna qualify. I think. Um, like you think about what we're throwing out there. Like we've got a couple english uh in a, a juventus an off-brand french like we're we're right there with them uh way too many domestic players for anybody's liking uh so you know i i, I feel i feel like that's uh that's okay um so a thing about czech republic and and this happens in women's soccer they they're they're currently in world cup qualifying um they are uh third in their group the top two will qualify likely um, they're, they're, uh, they are two points back and they've got four games left. Um, they beat Cyprus by eight. Is that bad? It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it's not good to win on this football game by a touchdown and a two point conversion. <laughs> if you start, if you start getting into orders of magnitude of touchdowns in this football, it's bad. It's very bad. Um, yeah. That's not usually a good uh, defensive performance. No, no. Eight nil. Not great. Um, so, so that's sort of where we are with the, uh, with the Czech team. Um, again, we, we will expect, uh, to win. We will expect to win handedly. They're, they're not, they are a strong side. They're not a great side. Um, I think that the, the, the comparison here is probably current Panama where you expect to win, but if you don't, it's sort of like a big deal. Um, any, any further thoughts on facing a number nine from Juventus, which would be a, uh, Dusan Vlahovic and a number one from PSG, which would be a Donnarumma. How are we feeling about that? Well, I mean, I would not want to face that if I was, you know, on the men's side. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I guess like if the men's side was was um, Brazil, like I feel like you you feel okay about that, right? Yeah, um, th- th- yeah. You have to. It's all relative. You got to look at the strength of the clubs that the the women's the U.S. women's team play for as well. And like, I don't have any. There's no inferiority complex with women's soccer. Um, yeah. Like, we, well, yeah, you have to knock off the king. Or, I'm sorry, you have to knock off the queens before, you know, somebody can take that crown. And we've just been the queens for so long that, yeah, kind of entitled to a superiority complex here. Mm-hmm. So, um, the second game that we have here, um, is is against New Zealand. Um, New Zealand has won some stuff. Um, they they well, I'm going to be clear here. They win, uh, they win Oceania pretty much every time. Um, and they've been, uh, to the last couple of World Cups. They've, so they've qualified. They have not gotten out of the group. So it's like, uh, you know, a, okay. I, I feel like that's probably the, the thing to do. Are but they, like, are they just like the men's New Zealand team? Or okay, are they yeah. a lot stronger than that, relatively no, speaking? No, they're, they're, they're about the same. Um, they've got uh, two two keepers who play outside of New Zealand. Uh, one plays for uh, what appears to be the best team in Sweden, and another one plays for a good team in. Um, don't know what that flag is. Uh, I'm going to say Finland, and I was wrong. It was Norway. My bad. They're the same thing. Wow! The same wow! Thing. <laughs> uh, so then we've got uh, so the headliner from. Uh, the defense for New Zealand is they have a 25 year old who plays at Liverpool, um, which is scary. Uh, not wait, she's not the one that was wrecking the league last year, was she? Uh, Michaela Moore. Uh, uh, I don't remember the name. I read that article so long ago. There was a, uh, I thought it might have been on Liverpool, um, which is absolutely wrecking the the women's uh, Premier League. Uh, I don't think so because she just signed for them coming off of an ACL tear, which means that she's talented enough that Liverpool was like, yeah, we'll take you coming off of an injury. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm looking up the women's FIFA rankings just because I kind of want to contextualize this, uh, Czech Republic. I mean, USA is obviously first in the world, right? Czech Republic's 24th. So that's comparable to, oh God, it's Canada. (laughs) Uh, it gets worse. New Zealand is 22nd. Okay. So we're, 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 again, you should win these games. You shouldn't, you certainly should win them at home, but these are not, these are not cakes. This is not to put it in. Yeah. To put it into some context, 
China's 19th. Uh, China has been a women's soccer power very recently. Yeah. Uh, Belgium, Austria, 2021. Uh, Colombia's 26. Mexico at 27. Like, these are they're not. Yeah. 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 These are not. This, we're, we're not playing, uh, you know, to be fair, Honduras here. These are these are games that you that you got it you got to take seriously. Uh, so the other uh, players who play outside of New, New Zealand, um, there are a couple of NWSL players, including um, Abby Urseg, who plays for the North Carolina Courage, and Ali Riley, their captain, who I believe is going to be the incoming captain of the Angel City FC, um, the new Los Angeles team. So uh, you know, serious defenders, Liverpool and uh, you know NWSL um, in the midfield. Uh, we've got Tottenham, North Carolina Courage, uh, and St. John's, like the Red Storm. Yep. Took me a second. Uh, so, uh, so t- Tottenham midfielder. Uh, so you're looking at a. Um, I'm gonna overrate them because I like Tottenham. But choke, like, j- choke job. Oh, that's not where you're going with that. No, I was I was gonna say, uh, Deli Alley. He plays for Everton. That makes me sad. I miss him. <laughs> um, so that's that, so, so again, North Carolina Courage, Tottenham, um, a Icelandic team, uh, and yeah, St. John's. And then um, the attacking players, there is uh, one who plays at Celtic, which is obviously a serious team in, in Scotland, and one who plays at what do you think, what, what, what is the scariest university in America if you were, if you were playing a, a female attacker? Uh, North Carolina or UCLA? Uh, so oh. I'm, you're, you're going from an actual uh, soccer knowledge thing. I'm just saying from like a, who do you not want to see on the other side of the pitch? Sarah Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> shit, that was good. That was, that was, that was good. That was good. No notes. Uh, Arizona State. Oh. <laughs> no, I thought it was the girl. Uh, no, you don't want to see somebody at the cross of the pitches from BYU, wasn't that the <laughs> women's soccer girl that like lost her mind like ten years ago? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, an in- an interesting thing about this uh, this this one who plays at Arizona State. Um, she I'm sorry, Sarah Lawrence. <laughs> she uh, originally enrolled at Indiana. Um. And she scored her first collegiate goal in East Lansing. <laughs> Wasn't enough pardoning in Indiana for her? No, I think it's, it's a that's actually a funny concept. Like, what what type of drinking are you doing that you're like Indiana, not mate? Oh, right, she's from New Zealand. Never I was going to say she's doing cute. She's doing kiwi drinking. And like again, like I feel like like if you're drinking at, at Arizona State, like that's like a serious drinking school. Uh, and I feel like she's coming from New Zealand, like beer, what, 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 get to have like 27 of these to get anywhere. And she's like, a, I, I'm going to look her up, but I, I think she's like a five foot five, a hundred and something pound girl. Uh, yeah. Five, six. Um, yeah. That's a that's, drinking tank in New Zealand. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so again, I, Stephen I, Adams is the drinking howitzer. <laughs> um, yeah, Steven Adams, I think, is probably, like, the single athlete who I would, like, least like to get into a fight with. Um, either Morris Twin. <laughs> do you know who would love to get into a fight with either Morris Twin? Uh, the Jokic brothers. 
Uh, yeah, any Jokic, any Nurkic, um, anybody from that part of the Balkans, I'm going to say. Pick an itch. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess uh, the Morris twins, the Morai, uh, have, have trouble scratching that itch. <laughs> yeah anyways um so there was damn it um there there was some football news today like i know this is like a, a devoted soccer podcast um i i think like we, we will be back to to review these first two games and preview the third game uh these first two games are happening in uh carson uh in los angeles uh county uh i asked uh the la galaxy to get me tickets to this game uh they did not respond uh they are currently in the process of getting me to one of the LA Galaxy games. So, you know, I'm not going to be mad at them. I'm not going to talk shit, but, you know. I'd Legitimate like media. You hear that Colorado Rapids? Your move. It's time to go. It's time to go. Um, but so, so uh, Jim Harbaugh, we've spent a lot of ink on this podcast about Jim Harbaugh. And I want to bring something up that happened in the group chat today because it was the funniest freaking thing that has happened to me in a long time. We've talked a lot about Jim Harbaugh and how he really wants to go to the NFL and, and nobody wants him. And he's been using this to, you know, and so today he got an extension to 2026, which brings his money back up to like normal. Um, and uh, the dogs don't like to talk about uh, Jim Harbaugh. That's fine. No. Are, are we talking, are, are we calling them the touch dogs? Have we, have we determined that? Yeah. That was what the name we went with earlier. Yeah. So the touch, we haven't changed yet. touch dogs still, uh, still here. Um, but so Jim Harbaugh is like back to getting paid normally. Um, and we obviously in like in big time country, we talk about Jim Harbaugh way too much. Uh, and in the group chat today, the discussion was, um, wait, did, did he even interview for an NFL job? Uh, which I think Stumpy, I think it was you who were like, oh, nobody gives a shit about Harbaugh in the wider world, do they? Yeah. Uh, it like immediately hit me. It was, it was by Josh. who lives in Texas from Texas, went to Baylor presumably is some form of like Cowboys fan or something. And he just said, wait, did he even interview the NFL uh, teams? And my first thought was, oh yeah, the rest of the world doesn't care that, you know, the States of Michigan and Minnesota were held captive for 72 hours by a crazed man who likes to drink milk. Uh, Yeah. Although there was a, there was a nice reminder today about that time that Jim Harbaugh wouldn't let Wilton Spate eat chicken because chickens are, um, what well, do you say? Nervous, nervous Ner- bird. It's a, it's a nervous bird. Nervous bird. Nervous bird. Okay. Well, he makes more money than the what is the word national team coach? <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh-huh. Yeah, he does. He That's- makes more money than the women's national team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. period. Full stop. Uh, he, I think he probably makes more. Like, just like, like, look, like that's like a good point. Pay the women more. They win games. They should be rewarded for it. Um, he probably makes more in a year than the USSF has that wouldn't surprise me like if, if you look at the actual like the, the, the aggregate um salary structure like one or two people play, make more than five hundred thousand dollars a year um one of them is greg burhalter the other one is i think um brian mcbride which fine yeah he's the, uh J- brian mcbride is the general manager of u.s soccer great yep outstanding work sir nepotism <laughs> Not a thing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. They're not just hiring their friends. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think Jim Harbaugh likely makes more than the entire setup. Um, I think that that's probably like what we have to talk about here. Um, the other, oh, the 
The other name that you should be, uh, that, that I was like upset was not on this because I, it, it was going to, uh, count for like 15 minutes of content is Julie Ertz not being on the roster. Um, because she is a, a baller and b married to a football player. And we don't get that many overlaps with, uh, female soccer player married to male football players. Um, you know, like that would have been great for us because we are a mashup of football and football. And so is, um, that marriage. I assume I don't, I don't actually know their personal business. Congrats to the Ertzes and to us. Go team. Uh, all right. Anybody else have anything else? No, that was a good time to cut. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, <laughs> special thank you. I'm not, I'm not editing any of this out. Uh, Special thank you to our guest, uh, Kevin. He's not really a guest. He's here often. Uh, he's not going to be here this weekend uh, because he is uh, going to be in the woods. I assume looking for Sasquatch. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I found Sasquatch. We don't, I don't really look for him anymore. We just kind of like meet up. Okay. Yeah. No, no. Like, like you just like drop a pin. Like, hey, like we're not, I'm not going to come to you. But like, if you're out and about, like I'm, I'm Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I just assume Sasquatch sends a you up text to Kevin. <laughs> he, he, he's actually um the uh at the at it's the not that in, kind of a... <laughs> we're, we're at the point in the relationship where it's just uh, question marks, just sending question marks. Yeah, no, we just like text each other like passive aggressive things about like you know why the dishes. You... Yeah, exactly. Weird. <laughs> the dishwasher's still full. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I loaded it yesterday. Why uh, isn't it weird that it didn't uh, get unloaded? That's super weird. Anyways, uh, you can find for, for all of your Sam Squam, Sam Squamsh uh, theories, uh, send them to at Mister Mojo Rising eighty nine. Um, and for all of your uh, other uh, Trailer Park Boys thoughts, uh, send them to me at ELS TLS underscore N underscore TDS. It's usually me. It's sometimes somebody else. Um, my, my personal account is at diamonds Esquire. You don't have to follow me. It's fine. Um, you can not find us on Instagram because, uh, Kevin has not written that, uh, blog post yet. So until we get that blog post up, the, the Instagram will not be here. Special thank you to our sponsors, the Smith workforce management group and whoever blue wire decided to put in. Uh, and, uh, so please like subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your local Sam Squamch. And, uh, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much to our listeners and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.